for me, I think the, the concepts around customer being putting yourself in their shoes, you know, thinking about the outcome that they can achieve, these sort of con uh, concepts and principles really do apply to the work of government. Um, over time, I think that word has really started to take hold in New South Wales and you'll find a lot of public servants now thinking about citizens you know, as customers. Um, now, of course, we have more customers than just citizens. There are plenty of people who live in New South Wales who aren't citizens. They're also our customers. And, of course, businesses are our customers too. Now, they're not citizens. So that's why we use the word customer. Um, and I think that ethos of customer service is really starting to get across a lot of the way that New South Wales government works. Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. My guest today is William Murphy, who is the Deputy Secretary of Customer, Delivery and Transformation at the Department of Customer Service in the New South Wales Government here in Australia. Prior to joining DCS, William led the Premier's Implementation Unit at the Department of Premier and Cabinet, where his mission was to deliver the New South Wales Premier's 14 priorities, which included improving customer satisfaction with government services, reducing domestic violence reoffending, improving education outcomes, and reducing litter. William is a graduate of the University of Sydney and the Australian New Zealand School of Government, where he holds both an Executive Masters of Public Administration and is also an Executive Fellow. He holds a Master of Management in Industry Strategy from the Australian National University and a Bachelor of Commerce from Curtin University in Western Australia. In June 2022, William was awarded the Public Service Medal for his outstanding service to the people of New South Wales, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're delighted to have someone of his quality with us today. So William, welcome to GovComs. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me, David. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Listen, it's, that's a great career and, and a real dedicated and distinguished public service career. So what is it about public service that, that has, has kept you interested for as long as you've been involved in the public service? Well, that's a great question. Look, I haven't always been in public service. Um, when I joined public service, I suppose I had a bit of a picture in my head of what I thought it would be like, and it was none of that. Um, I actually have discovered that working in public service is a it's a really great place to work. You work with great people, really motivated to make a difference. Um, you get to work on so many exciting and impactful things uh, every day. You know, I wouldn't change it. Now, listen, uh, customer service being your current area of responsibility, and the New South Wales government has a global reputation for excellence in digital transformation. Um, a very activist and very uh, enthusiastic minister. Um, but what about this Department of Customer Service? Um, why was the DCS created and what does it mean to have that, that, that the language of customer service in the name of the department? Yeah, look, it's, um, 
I think, you know, when I think about that, because obviously when we were tasked with establishing this Department of Customer Service, we looked around the world to discover there's no other departments of customer service anywhere. So we sort of had to work out what this meant. And for me, I think, you know, when I think back about the way government works, for a long time, governments have really set themselves up to operate in a way that suits them. So you've got hundreds of different government departments and agencies. They pretty regularly change their names and their functions just to keep you guessing. Uh, they've, each of them has dozens of websites. You know, you, you end up, there's hundreds and hundreds of government websites. Each one looks different, f- feels different. Sometimes the information is, is inconsistent or out of date. Customers have to navigate multitude of different processes and forms and requirements to do things that on the face of it might seem pretty similar you know, to them. And really that describes an organisation that is designing services and delivering them in a way that suits uh, us to deliver them rather than thinking about putting the customer first. And so in New South Wales, there's been a really concerted effort to change that since 2012 when the the first New South Wales Customer Service Commissioner was appointed, um, Mike Pratt, he, he did a fantastic job really starting to change the dialogue around thinking about customer in government. Then, of course, in 2013, Service New South Wales, which is our single shop front for customers to interact with government, that opened its doors in 2013. Uh, In 2015, New South Wales government started surveying customers about their experience of government. So, you know, world first kind of whole of government survey on customer experience. And then in 2017, the government really ramped up its use of consistent state government branding so that everyone could recognise state government agencies a bit more clearly. And that all led to, in 2019, this Department of Customer Service being created. And uh, I think the mission at the time that we were set was to you know, make New South Wales the world's most customer-centric government. And um, that's the mission that we're on. And we'll come to that in a moment, but just a, a couple of things there. Just how important is it to have the words customer service in the name of the department? How, does that impact behaviour? Uh, inside the department. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, um, you know, when I first started using the word customer around New South Wales government, I was met with a little bit of scepticism. I I think there was a few people who felt that the word customer um, conveys a sort of a commercial transaction, you know, like it's something you might choose to do and it's something that, you know, you buy a service because it's something that you want. Whereas, of course, in government, um, not all of our customers choose to be customers of New South Wales government. and, uh, and, you know, many people uh, in, our, in our service systems probably don't think of their, their clients, if you like, as customers. But for me, I think the, the concepts around customer being putting yourself in their shoes, you know, thinking about the outcome that they can achieve, these sort of con- uh, concepts and principles really do apply to the work of government. Um, over time, I think that word has really started to take hold in New South Wales, and you'll find a lot of public servants now thinking about citizens, you know, as customers. Um, Now, of course, we have more customers than just citizens. There are plenty of people who live in New South Wales who aren't citizens. They're also our customers. And of course, businesses are our customers too. Now, they're not citizens. That's why we use the word customer. Um, And I think that ethos of customer service is really starting to get across a lot of the way that New South Wales government works. What are some of the things that you've done to to bed it down and to overcome some of that scepticism? Uh, well, I speak a lot to a lot of public servants to talk to them about this. And what we've got in, uh, in New South Wales government, we've got a set of things we call the New South Wales customer commitments. So these are things that we've pulled out of our research over years 
that are the things that customers expect from us. Um, and they are things like they expect our services to be easy to access. They expect us to respect their time um, when dealing with us. You know, they expect us to make clear to them um, you know, what might be the outcome of their interaction with government. These kind of principles of good customer service, um, and they apply in any context in government. Now, it's tempting to think of customer service in government as being transactions, you know, like I want to go and, and buy a pass to the National Park or I want to go and renew my driver's licence. But in fact, those same principles of, you know, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, respecting their time, making information um, easy for them to access, those same principles apply whether you're um, renewing your driver's licence or whether you're a participant in the court system or you're a, a, a participant in the child protection system, where you're going to a public school. All of those same principles apply. So it's really started to get traction across government, which is great. Mm. And you mentioned before in an earlier answer about the importance of consistent branding. Can you tell me about that story, about trying to get that co, you know, uh, coherence around the visual identity um, that you were presenting to, to the people of New South Wales? Well, one of the things that we've... We did see, you know, 10 years ago, I guess if, if you were around then looking at New South Wales government, you would have seen many, many different brands and labels for organisations, um, many of which you wouldn't have even been able to identify as New South Wales government agencies. And really for our customers, that's just adding to the complexity of trying to identify who you need to speak to to get your situation resolved, right? Um, and so one of the ideas around using much more consistent branding, using the strong Waratah branding that people in New South Wales will be used to seeing, is that you'll be able to easily identify a New South Wales government service by that brand. Um, but more importantly, you'll be able to easily identify that brand value proposition that is behind that, which is that ethos of customer service. You know, you know that if you're going into a service that has that Waratah over the door, um, you know, you can expect us to try and make that service easy for you, we'll respect your time, um, you know, we'll be accountable you know, for what happens, we'll try and see you through to a resolution rather than handing you off um, you know, to another part of government. All of those good principles of customer service will be embodied in that Waratah brand. Um, the other side of this, of course, um, is you know, this is how our democracy works. Our democracy works well when people know which part of government is servicing them and that they can hold to account for that. Um, if we do a great job, it's great that that value you know, uh, attracts back to the Waratah. Um, but if we let you down, we need you to know where to go to get that, that situation resolved. Mm. Now, listen, your team, the, the customer delivery and transformation team, is helping uh, the DCS to achieve that mission that you've mentioned there around becoming the world's most customer-centric government and you've described the journey that you're on at the moment, but what are, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing at the moment to continue to mature this customer centricity? I think, I think if you'd asked me that question a few years ago, I would have talked about um, you know, maybe the idea of, of bringing a customer service lens to government was you know, still, trying to, still you know, getting traction. Uh, maybe there was a bit of challenge there. But I've got to say that New South Wales government's come a long way and I think some of the um, really exciting things that we've seen uh, evolve in New South Wales over time, like you know, the, the, the commencement of the one-stop shop in service New South Wales has really made a difference to customers in New South Wales. I know people here, you know, they're probably used to it now, but I remember the first time 
I had to get my driver's license renewed and uh, Service New South Wales was, was there. And I thought, oh, here we go. You know, like the old days, I better take a book, sit and read while they process my thing. Fair income, I was in and out in four minutes. It was it was such a good experience, and I thought, wow, this this service New South Wales thing really works. This is working. <laughs> and uh, and and so who knew? That's right. And, and so I think people have you know they've experienced that, and, and public servants in New South Wales have experienced that themselves. So when they turn up to their own part yeah. of government to do their own work, they say, do you know what, this can be done. And so probably the biggest yeah. challenge that we've got at the moment is, do we have enough bandwidth? To, um, to do all of the exciting work that there is to be done on this. And what is that exciting work to be done on this? Because I think the what is fascinating to me is to is to see that the, the composition of your team where you've got customer strategy and delivery, behavioral insights, you have the uh, the brand digital and you have the comms unit, uh, you've got uh, the digital channels unit, which is looking at um, customer experience, uh, so it is a it, it, it's an ecle- it, well it's not eclectic it's actually a line cohesive service um, lined up around delivering them on the mission. So so what are those sort of tasks and challenges you have to continue to to manage it? What is that bandwidth that you're looking for? Uh, you know, when, as I said before, when we were tasked with establishing this department of customer service, we looked globally for examples. Of this, and there aren't any, you know, whole of government customer service ministries out there other than this one in New South Wales. So we're sort of forging new ground. And but what we did do is we looked at great public sector and private sector examples of customer focus. So organisations that have a great customer focus and a great customer capability. And we saw that there was a series of really consistent things that those organisations do. Um, they very consistently have good mechanisms in place to really understand their customers. So through data, through insights, understand them, what's important for them, um, you know, where are they, who are they, what do they need. They have mechanisms for prioritising the things that matter most to their customers and delivering on those first. They have really high quality delivery channels, you know, seamless delivery channels without handoffs, without messing around. You can do, you know, you can get end to end to get what you need. Um, through through one sort of engagement. Um, and most importantly, they engage their customers. So they don't just, you know, like government has a history of, you know, pushing a lot of information out to the community. The great customer organisations really listen to their customers and engage them in a dialogue. So when we think about, well, that's what great customer organisations do. How do we get the New South Wales government to do that? That's why you can see those components in, in our team here at Department of Customer Service. So. We do have a customer experience unit. That unit focuses on turning complex, multiple agency interactions into one seamless interaction for a customer. You know, one of the things they've worked on is, you know, the end of life interactions. Now, when, you know, people at the end of your life, you're getting ready for that time, or there might be someone in your family you're helping get ready for that time. There are so many things to think about, getting wills, getting power of attorney sorted, guardianship, advanced care directives, funeral arrangements, you know, rules around who can be executors and what do they do, all of this sort of stuff. But those things are done by multiple different government agencies. And in the past, we've made our customers work out what those things are and who they need to go and see to sort them. So what our team is doing is we're working with all of those agencies to say, let's turn this into a single journey so that the customer can come to us once and deal through all of that complexity. You can do the same thing around the birth of a child, 
you know, starting a business, uh, buying a home. There's a whole lot of things you do in life that need that that uh, that transaction, that set of transactions, to be turned around to be easy for the customers rather than easy for government. And so you can imagine some of the challenges in dealing with other agencies on this. They've got their own technology timelines. They've got their own investment things. They've got their own budget challenges. And bringing all of that together to make that work for our customers is is part of the challenge of our team. And how do you be successful in those multi-departmental, multi-agency discussions? What's what's the story that you're telling your your colleagues about why this is important and and how they can contribute? Yeah, look, we that's a, a that's a great um, segue to the next part of my team, really, which is our customer insights team, and that team has a lot of really good data that they collect um, and analyze around the experience of our customers of dealing with government. And the, you know the, the things, the, the challenges that our customers are facing. You know where they are in life. You know what they're finding difficult and what they need support with. And so all that data that they have really helps paint a picture for these agencies. Here is what your customers look like. Here's the challenges they're facing, and here's the difference it will make to them if we can change this process a bit so that it works like this. And you know um, we now have a, a, a fantastic data set of over. 550 customer interactions with tens of thousands of bits of feedback from our customers telling us how these things can work better for them. So using that data, you know, those insights from the ground, you know, really helps um, our colleagues across government recognise the opportunity here. Mm. And you also have what's called a, a better outcomes lab. What's that about? Yeah, that's, that's a really exciting development that's been worked on over the last few years with our partners at, um, at uh, the Department of Communities and Justice, which specialises in kind of complex human services. So getting away now from the renew your driver's licence, you know, get your plumber's licence kind of transactions, and now into the much more complex human services areas. Mm. Um, what we've been working on with that team is we have a, a data set of, of um, you know, many years of people's interaction with the court system, um, domestic and family violence, policing, corrections, um, health interactions, a whole range of other things where we can use that data to really dive in and see what works to make a difference for our customers, what interventions have really helped people you know, keep their families together or turn their lives around. Um, what does the data tell us about what's successful in that, in that world? And so that's a, another angle on understanding the impact that we have for our customers is not just around the customer experience of our transactions, but around the outcomes of the services that we deliver. And so, mm. you know, that, that kind of deep data work, deep data analytics, uh, you know, we do that here on behalf of the rest of government and really help turn the dial there. Mm. Now, listen, every uh, government around the world had the challenge of COVID, uh, COVID-19. Uh, and I know in New South Wales, uh, you had um, a campaign called let's do this. So can you take me through that and how you got this symphony of, of capability to work together to deliver uh, for the people of New South Wales? Yeah, that was, um, that was a, a fantastic opportunity to really demonstrate uh, what taking a customer focus like this can, can deliver. Obviously, back in, what was it, February 2020 now, we, um, we went into this terrible global pandemic around um, COVID and that hit everybody pretty hard. By, by later in March in New South Wales, we were already going into lockdown. And um, 
unlike in other jurisdictions um, in New South Wales, New, New South Wales Health was very much the frontline um, you know, clinical response to COVID. Um, but the Department of Customer Service um, played the role of, of spearheading the kind of response with our customers. So we led the um, statewide communications campaign, which started off as the Help Us Stay Safe campaign, went into the Let's Do This campaign, went right through um, from, from lockdowns and travel restrictions and helping people remember to wear masks and, and sanitise and social distance back in early 2020, right through lockdowns, border closures, um, you know, into more outbreaks into 2021, and then through into vaccination, and then the booster campaign. Um, in fact, that campaign has only just kind of wound up. We're talking about two and a half years of solid work. But the great thing about leading that out of the Department of Customer Service was that we had that, that, that real engine room of data analytics, um, really understanding for our customers what was working for them, what wasn't working for them, what messages were getting through, understanding different cohorts of customers, different parts of the state, what, what sort of different messages did we need to use, different messengers did we need to use to get the message across in different locations to different types of customers, um, and being able to work with our Behavioural Insights Unit, which is one of the world's premier public sector nudge units, which we're, very, we're very proud to say here in New South Wales, um, that unit was able to bring its skills to really help shape, you know, our data was telling us, look, there's, there's five or six different sort of segments of customers here when it comes to, say, vaccination. What are the messages that are going to resonate with each of those audiences? What are the channels that we need to use to get to those audiences? And how do we target them with the messages that will make a difference? And so what we were able to do was really demonstrate how taking a customer-first approach, that deep data, you know, data-led, insights-led approach through our comms, um, through multiple channels, TV, radio, print, digital, social, all sorts of other things, um, really able to make a difference uh, for the community over a couple of years of really hard work, but uh, it, it really paid off in the end. New South Wales stayed relatively safe, mm. um, which was great to see. Excellent. Now, th there's nothing like, uh, you know, continuous improvement is clearly, you know, ingrained into um, the team that you lead. But to have continuous improvement, um, you need accountability. And my understanding is that you have um, produced a state of the customer report. What's the purpose of having that benchmark report? And how are you using it to continually improve the way that you are working? Yeah, look, that's a, that's a really exciting bit of work for the team. Um, I'm glad you asked about that. The state of the customer report is, a, is really a, um, a culmination of what all that um, sort of data and insights type toolkit gives us, which is insights about how our customers are experiencing our services. And so the state of the customer report reports on what our customers have told us about over 550 different services you might access from the New South Wales government. Um, and it tells us, uh, you know, what services are people using, what services are working for them, what's not working for them, and collects their ideas about how we can make those services work better. So as well as you could deep dive into any individual service and see how it's going, you know, is it easy to use? Is it, is, it, is it satisfying the customer need? Do people trust that service? Um, you know, and what can we do to make that work better? You can also um, slice that data by customer cohorts. So you could say, 
um, you know, how is our how are our services collectively working for seniors in our community or for people with young families? Uh, is there something we need to do there to make that work better for them? Um, it also gives us insights about the services that people are using in bundles. So if, if you like, that kind of informs that life events type approach. What sort of services are people commonly accessing together and how can we transform those so that they work as one easy interaction rather than you know, multiple complex interactions for people? Now, you mentioned the work of the Behavioural Insights team, but what about community engagement? How, are you, how have you established and set up a platform um, to listen? As you mentioned before, you know, one of the great uh, qualities of excellent organisations is that they listen to their customers. How do you go about dealing with customer engagement? Yeah, it's, uh, it's another one of the things that I... You know, I've been in government a while now, but but I, I try not to forget my first impressions of government. And I've got to say, my first impressions of government, in terms of how it engages the community, was that it was pretty patchy. Um, you know, some agencies do it well, but generally, there's a bit of a practice of putting together, you know, a pretty boring PDF, putting it on your website, and saying, you know, this is what we want to do. This is the new laws we want to make, or whatever it is. Um, download this, read it and, and give us your feedback or, or better yet, answer the three questions we've asked you to answer and, and don't tell us anything else. Now when you take that approach you, you generally get a handful of submissions from you know, lobby groups and, and you know, organised uh, you know, interest groups or whatever who've, yep. who've got a pretty well known barrow to push. <laughs> what we've done with the Have Your Say platform is we've kind of tried to flip that on its head and we've said, said, rather than us telling the community, this is what we're going to do, tell us what you think of that, it sort of asks the community, you know, it says, look, here's the challenge we've got. What do you think we should, we should do? And it, it solicits ideas. Those go into a kind of a, you know, like, almost like a, a social media type platform where other people in the community can comment on that. They can add their ideas. They can argue amongst themselves. Um, we do have, you know, specialist uh, people from within government as part of those panels so they can answer technical questions, etc. Um, but we also give customers the option to just come and fill out a quick poll um, or, do a, or do a survey if they want. They don't have to give us ideas or engage in that discussion so they can choose how they interact. Um, but what you see that does is instead of getting you know, a dozen written submissions from, from you know, consultants or, or lobby groups, uh, what we have is we have tens of thousands of people. You know, we did a um, an engagement on residential tenancy law recently, and we had you know tens of thousands of people who live in strata buildings actually giving us their views. And what that did was it changed the government's plans for what that that law reform program would look like, and it incorporated a whole lot of things about having pets in strata buildings, which was something that was of interest to the community, which which hadn't really come up. So. You know, you really can change the game for engaging the community um, if you're thoughtful about it. Look, we've had plenty of good examples of that. That Have Your Say platform, I think, for me, that's the future of government engagement on, on policy and strategy. But one of the other things that we do to engage the community is we have a, 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 an EDM, you know, an electronic direct mail, a, an email list. Now, this is something that people subscribe to when they open their My Service New South Wales account. And it gives them updates on you know, new programs, new consultations, new information right from across government. So it curates that information into one place for them. We've got over 5 million subscribers to that EDM. It is an extremely useful tool to engage the community. Um, 
you know, through COVID, when rules changed, we had emails out immediately. Here's what it means to you. Um, now that we've got, we've had floods in the, across the state, we've got emails targeted to different communities. Here's the supports that are available to you. We carefully manage that content so it doesn't come across like spam. It's, it's only relevant and, and valued content. And again, it's back to that approach of saying, rather than hundreds of different agencies difficult for people to access, let's bring all this information together in one place. We'll curate it so it's easy to engage with, it's relevant and clear, and you know, use that to engage the community, make it easier for them. So from here, what's next? How do you continue to get better? Because I'm, I'm drooling as you sort of continue <laughs> to tell these stories in terms of, you know, the learning and that continuous improvement. And, and you can just see that as you're getting, you know, things are popping up. It's almost like, okay, well, let's give that a go. Let's see if it works. Test, learn, use that, mature it, add the next thing. How do we... So there's this, you know, continuous improvement. So, so where to from here? And I suppose you know, technology is going to continue to play um, a major role in this as we enter into the world of, you know, you know, further into the world of artificial intelligence, multi-sensor environments, 5G, quantum computing. How, what are you thinking about the future and, and five years from now as to, as to how you'll continue to deliver for the citizens of New South Wales? Yeah, look, it, it's, it is an ever-evolving space. And, and one of the things that our customer satisfaction data tells us is that our customers, um, you know, whenever we do make a big difference in customer experience and make it work better, they like that, but they very quickly get used to it and the expectation goes <laughs> higher. <laughs> so... Look, oh, that's funny. Look, um, there's, there's, a, there's a few areas we're working on right now that I, that I might share with you. One is... Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. We've, yeah. We had, um, I think, pre-COVID, when it came to engaging with our um, multicultural communities, we were pretty much like yeah. most. We were relying on, you know, Google Translate and whatever else. And um, during COVID, we learned a lot about engaging with multicultural communities. And we learned that that is just not good enough. So there's a, we're making a big investment in improving the way we communicate in language and not just language is not only it, there's a whole context and there's a whole sort of, um, you know, cultural understanding to put around that. So we're putting a lot of investment into how we do that better. Um, another piece of feedback we got, and this was particularly when we had different COVID rules in the city than in the country. And people will get confused, you know, what applies to me? And so we started experimenting with a little bit of personalization of our online environment. So if you come to our website, it'll look different depending on where you're coming from because it'll be tailored to where you are. And I think that's given us great insight into how we can deliver a lot more value for customers by personalizing their experience of government. So that's something that we're really thinking about now. And as you say, tools like artificial intelligence, you know, sensors and other things are a great opportunity to really understand um, in real time what is happening for our customers so we can personalize that engagement. On the other hand, uh, those tools, it's very important that as we use those tools, we can uh, maintain that trust in the community. So we do need to be accountable and transparent about how we use tools like that um, in our interactions to maintain mm. that. At the end of the day, this, as I say to my colleagues, you know, this whole government caper runs on trust. You know, we, we must maintain trust with our community, trust through great service delivery, which is good, but also trust that we are, you know, a, a secure and safe environment for them to share their information with um, and that we, you know, and that we uh, use these tools appropriately and ethically.
It's a it's a stunning story, a stunning case study, really, in terms of the maturity, the thinking, you know, the alignment of the capability, the delivery of the outcome, that customer centricity. But not everyone works in a department of customer delivery and transformation in a department of customer service. So what is your advice to others who might be listening out there who are sitting there going, oh, I'd love, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could do that? Wouldn't it be great if we had that level of alignment and cooperation? What's it, what, what pieces of advice would you have to people who are perhaps starting out on this journey of building this, this customer-centric mindset and this customer-centric delivery for the uh, citizens and customers of New South Wales? Yeah. The only advice I'd have for people is really just get started. Like it's, it's, not, it's, often, it's not rocket science and it's not huge stuff, you know. Um, some of the things that we started in our, we have a, a program of work called Government Made Easy. Sounds pretty simple. <laughs> it was actually a, a Premier's priority target and the Premier said, we, I want 60 interactions with government to be made easy. You know, want people to only have to tell us their information once, for example. Um, and we just got started. We started to get our application forms where you had to put in your name and all your contact details and prove your identity. And we made it so that customers could choose to pre-populate that from the information we already had. Just make, just take that simple step. Once you start doing that, people start to see, oh, there's some things we can do here, and you start to get momentum. You know, next thing, next thing we knew, we were working with um, a few agencies to put in place a really simple tell us once mechanism for mutual recognition of financial hardship. You find that. Lots of different government agencies have tests of financial hardship to access different programs. And it is so such a painful experience for our customers to have to go to one agency, prove that they're in financial hardship, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, you get that tick, you get that service, then you go to the next one, you gotta do it all again. Only the next agency has a slightly different test of what they consider financial hardship, right? So it's a, it's a painful experience. And what we've done is we've worked with some agencies to say, let's all agree on one test of, of financial hardship. And if a customer has done it with one of us, we'll all take it as tick. We'll all accept that. Now, these things are not really hard to do. They're not really expensive to do. And, to, and quite frankly, they don't make the biggest difference in the world. They're not the new, the new West Connects Tunnel or the new crossing of the harbour. Mm. But what they are is there's something that's really meaningful to a small number of customers, really meaningful to them. But more importantly, it captures the imagination of public servants, that every public servant who sees that thinks, hey, I can do something simple like that in my area. And once you start putting those little things together, you really start to get some momentum here around this idea of you know, thinking about people as customers you know, rather than just citizens. How big's the team? In your, in your um, customer delivery and, and transformation team? One of the parts of my team is the organisation, um, the New South Wales Registry of Births, Deaths and Marriages. That's in my team. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and that's, okay. that's, you know, about 150 people who manage the registries of births, deaths and marriages across the state. They do weddings and all that sort of thing. They're part of this customer journey as well. Um, in, fact, yep. in fact, one of the things that that team did with our Government Made Easy team um, is they uh, taking customer feedback about this end of life stuff. One of the things that you have to do when a, a loved one has passed away is you need to notify organisations of that fact. And in government, that means contacting about 40 different organisations 
each one has a different process for proving or identifying the loved one that's passed away, different paper trail, different documents to produce. Then you go and you start talking to your phone company and your gas company, your electricity company, your Netflix and all those others, right? So all very complex. What that team did was they worked to build a little digital platform where you can go and you can notify once that a loved one has passed away and you can just click all the checkboxes of the organizations you want to tell um, and it's done seamlessly behind the scenes. So, you know, great customer thinking, great customer focus from an organization that, you know, has its own special pro- you know, task to run as the register of birth, deaths and marriages, but still part of the team. That's about half my team. And there's a big, as you know, there's almost 200 people in that team. But you go to something like our behavioral insights team, you know, 14 people, um, experts in behavioral psychology really punch above their weight, work really hard um, to deliver great services to the people of New South Wales and, you know, teams all different sizes in between. Well, it's fantastic. And I've got to tell you, I was in fact at the um, OECD a couple of weeks ago um, at a expert panel meeting on public sector communication and uh, the New South Wales government featured uh, at that global event. Um, So you'd be pleased to know that the story of New South Wales uh, digital transformation is being shared with governments around the world because I think where you're at, uh, as you say, I think you're leading the way um, and you've carved this path. And it, it sounds like there's plenty of energy. Um, there's a lot to do. Uh, and again, I love that idea of people going, oh, wow, that's great. Okay, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's ever going to change. No, it um, won't. And again, building that sort of DNA into an organization that sort of is continuing to chase that continuous improvement um, in, in search of you know, that trust uh, and engagement with citizens is, and customers, I've got to get used to saying that, customers, um, is a great thing. So congratulations, um, William, to you uh, and to the team, and long may um, the, the great work you're doing continue. And I'm sure others who have listened to this uh, podcast today will be inspired. And uh, I'm sure um, if they'd like to get in contact with you and your team to understand a little bit more about how this jigsaw puzzle comes together in service of the people, um, that uh, that you'd be happy to, uh, to provide that uh, that advice to them. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, David. It's, I really love these opportunities to tell the story of what we're doing here because at the end of the day, they're all of our collective customers, so let's work together on it. If you've got other listeners who are, who are keen to hear more about this, they can find us on LinkedIn or find us at nsw.gov.au and uh, really happy to share and, um, and work together on it from here. William Murphy, the Deputy Secretary of Customer Delivery and Transformation at the Department of Customer Service in the New South Wales Government. Thanks for joining us today. And to you, uh, the audience, thanks for coming back once again. What about that? What about that? Really, again, this whole podcast is about learning and it's about understanding and seeing the innovation and the change and the small things that we can do. And again, what's William's best advice? just get started. And I think that's great advice to take away from this. You don't have to be the New South Wales government tomorrow. It'll take you many years of uh, work and experimentation. As William told us, it's you know this journey started 10 years ago um, when they started to think about customers and, and customer service in New South Wales. So it won't happen overnight, um, but you will make progress. But what an inspiring story. So a big thanks to William for giving up some of his time today. And thanks to you, audience, for coming back once again. We'll be back at the same time in two weeks. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me, and it's bye for now. 
You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.